You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. I am reading the NIV version. It's Matthew 16, verse 13 to 25. The, script, the scriptures say, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples who the people say the Son of Man is. And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but for my Father in heaven. And I tell you that, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that they must be killed, killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, we will find it. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for still today you are speaking to us. Um, Please use my life to speak. And this morning, in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. This is the, the scripture, this is the word that Jesus revealed to his disciples. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. Some Bibles say, maybe you have one of these, the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I find one a version that explains better to me. I will put the message, say, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that never the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Expansive, powerful, mean the church that Jesus established by definition is unbeatable, invincible, and unstoppable. It's how I call my message this morning. Jesus established a church who is unstoppable. This is the kind of church that Jesus has in mind. Yes, meek, but not weak. It's, what, it's the kind of church that Jesus established. It's the kind of church that you and I, we are. I joined Jesus, not because it just gave me a, a redemption, a salvation, but I know His church is more powerful than any on the earth. 
I mean, any government, any, any, any king, the church, it's over. However, however, we live in a time in our country, especially in the Western, that the church of Jesus Christ has lost presence, relevance, and influence. It's sad to see that. That the church of Jesus Christ is losing his power. I have some uh, uh, illustration for you. In April of 2012, the cover of Newsweek magazine portrayed a modern, Je- a modern Jesus casually dressed and suggesting a headline. Forget the church. Follow Jesus. And the Barna Group, he made a, a, a special survey... Uh, and he found an interesting situation. We live, the reports say, in an increasing secular American culture to this new age. Religion is in retreat from the public square. And traditional institutions like the church are no longer fun- functioning with the cultural authority they once held in generation past. Today, nearly half of Americans is unchurched. But even, to, even though more and more Americans are abandoning the institutional church, and it, its defined boundary markers of religion identity, many still believe in God and practice faith outside the church. They don't like the church. They, people think that the church has lost power. Influence. Uh, there are many, uh, I have here some kind of statistics, and I found they, they make an interview surveys with people, and especially for uh, men, women, and they found that 63% of the females, they like Jesus, but, but they don't like the church. They, for the men, it's lower. I was surprised at this. And they found that in the South, it's happening. They make a, a distribution in the country, uh, in the South, the, 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 the gospel bell in, in the United States is losing his power. And they found between Democrats and Republicans also. See? Yes, they, they, they make this and say the 20% uh, is for the Republicans and the 30% is for the Democrats. I mean, this is the situation that we are living here. And I, I, I'm, I'm more, I have more data for you. Between 100 and 200 churches like us, we close doors week a week. Permanently, according to Tom Rainer, between 6,000 6, and 10,000 churches in the USA are dying each year. The page... Will we accelerate unless, as a congregation, we do, we do something different? He says, Tom Rainer said, while it's tempting to blame the cultural climate for the declining of evangelical influence in the, today's culture, if outside forces and culture were the, the reason behind the declining and no influential churches, we would like have no churches today. He says the greatest periods of church growth, particularly in the first century, took place in adversarial cultures. And let me say something more. Royal Stark suggests that in the 15-year period between 250 D.C. 
and the dawn of the 4th century, Christianity grew, 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 grew from just over 1 million to over 6 million, out of total population of 60 million. In, each world, in, in other words, without about a generation, the Christian population grew more and a little over 1% to 10% of the population within another generation Christian came to total more than half of the empire the Roman Empire by the time the Emperor Constantine came to power in 306 Christianity was a major force in Roman society I mean the church that Jesus established was established to be relevant to have an influence and to change societies. It's the Lord that why I believe. It's the church that Jesus established. I mean, uh, we are living here not because uh, we don't believe in something big. We believe in something big. Yes, I, I, we, we are living something because we believe that our, our calling has to, to do something big. It's the church. Planting a church is, 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 to me, personally, planting a church is not just filling people, a building, filling the people with building. It's popularity heaven with souls. I mean, we need to understand this to see how the church can be unstoppable. I believe it. I believe it. And I found in this passage that we read it, three characteristics of what, how a church can be unstoppable. Because... I want my church, I want the, the church where I am be unstoppable. I'm tired of seeing these, these statistics. It actually hurt my heart when see closing buildings because nobody wants to come to church. Nobody wants to follow Jesus again and in a community, in a group like us. The first thing that I found it, an unstoppable church has a Jesus, Jesus as its foundation. I mean, the foundation of the church is Jesus. It's not the pastor, it's not the denomination, it's not, it's Jesus. You see, you read the Bible and you're going to find when Jesus asks his disciples, okay, my disciples, you need to be clear about this. Who do I am? And well, people say, well, the disciples reported, some say that you are Elijah. Some say that you are uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Jeremiah. And some others say you are John the Baptist. And others say others. Now my question is, who you say Jesus is? Because this is going to, to really change your life forever. I believe, I think I read about Jesus before I become a Christian. I knew he was a great teacher. I knew he was a great leader. I believe it. I mean, you ask people, they think, oh, what, how, what do you think about Jesus? Oh, it's great, man. It's awesome. Yeah, but uh, it's not enough. If the church is going to be unstoppable, has to have a Jesus as the Lord and the Messiah and the living God. It's the only way. And let me say to you, if, you, if your life is going to change, you have to know Jesus as the Messiah of the living God, Son of the living God. I mean, I knew about Jesus, but when I have this encounter with Jesus, the Son of God, my, my life changed forever. And uh, for this reason, Jesus said, okay, what do you think? 
And you find here in, in, in the Bible, the, 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 the church was, it has a Jesus as a Savior, Redeemer, King, and Lord. The, obviously, the Jewish people was waiting for a king. They were expecting a king, a Messiah, as David, a, a king as a David, the King David. But uh, you know why? They miss it. And today, some people are missing this for this reason. For this reason, Jesus said, Okay, Peter, what you say was not revealed by flesh and blood. Was revealed by my Father in heaven. You know, I, I, I found something interesting. I, I, I am reading, I, I read a lot, and I find this. In the first century, the word Savior of the world, Son of God, Divine Ruler... The news of his birth and his rule was called the gospel. His fame was spread through the known world by special messengers. The preachers of his gospels believed he had brought a reign of peace to the whole world and that they, and he had all authority in heaven and on earth. Who is this man? In the first century, they thought this man was Caesar. Was not Jesus? For this reason, this revelation was so important for, 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 for the disciples. Because they, was, they were surrounded with, a, with an environment of where Caesar was, was called, was recognized as God. And when they recognized Jesus and said, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God, they were changing his, his loyalty or their loyalty to another, the big, the real, the authentic God, Jesus our Lord. For the reason we need to understand this, Jesus built his church on who he is, on he, on what he has done. Jesus is Lord, rule, head of the church. Today, listen, today we have a lot of information. You can read, you, can, you have the news, you have the, whatever you find it. But uh, what I found it is we have so much of information and so little revelation. I mean... I, I, as a pastor, as, as a Christian, as a leader, I read it, I found it, but I, I don't need information. I'm sorry. I need some kind of revelation that transforms my heart. And the church needs this, and the disciples get this. And if you, if you read the Bible, the best example, the best example of an unstoppable church is the, the church in the Acts. Book of Acts in New Testament. You are going to have an unstoppable church. When I am just uh, like kind of disappointed with what happened in the church, I go to the Bible and read this. This, uh, this is the unstoppable church that we find in, in the books of Acts. How, how they, the Bible say, you don't have uh, to look for, but I will tell you. In Acts 2, uh, two eight, Jesus said, to, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus said to, to, to his disciples, you will receive power to be my witness. And they preach, they preach Jesus. Jesus in Nazareth, a man accredited by power, miracles, wonders, and signs. This man, this is the preaching of Peter. This is the preaching of Peter. This man was handed on to you over God's deliberate plan and for knowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death 
by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep it hold on him. And now, this is my point here. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. This is what's the message of Peter. This is what's the message of, of the church. For this reason, listen, I know, I, have a, I am a preacher, and I like to entertain people. I sometimes, I, I see your faces when you are born in the church, and I see faces when you are sleeping in there. I, I, I have been seen, I'm still the pastor, no, yeah? I, I'm, I'm creating a system that I can push a button and wake up you all, yeah? But listen, listen, the message that we need to hear is a message Christocentric, where Jesus is the center, where we are uh, focusing on Jesus and what he has done and what he has uh, 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 gained for us. And this is what the message of, of Peter. He said, you crucify him. You, th- you thought that he was dead, but he was raised, and he's alive. And these guys, listen, I, 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 I continue reading the text and say, when the people hear this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. They were pierced. They were wounded. And let me tell you something. In our church... When we preach Jesus, listen, I don't need a good advice. I don't need somebody who helps me when I am desperate need for my salvation. When I'm struggling with sin, I know you can give me a good advice, but I, I, I need more than good advice. I need the power of Jesus forgiving my sin and give me new hope. It's what we need. It's what we need. Listen, the, the, the people who hear this message, they say, and say to Peter and the others apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? And, and Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Now, what I found interesting in the church, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the church in the United States. We don't hear too much about sin. We hear more about mistake. Oh, I make a mistake. Oh, I just, I fail. Listen, you sin. I sin. You know why? Because it's very comfortable when you say, I fail. I, I make a mistake. But when you say, I sin, it's because you sin against God. It's a big difference. And when you sin, you need forgiveness. And when I sin, I need forgiveness. This is the power of the gospel. This is the power of the gospel. We need to, to preach about that. We need to, as a church, what, what is the, this was the reason that was unstoppable. Because they preach Jesus. And you read the Bible, the, the New Testament, the uh, Acts. And they don't have a very complex message. One. Jesus died, Jesus raised, and Jesus is exalted. So what's the message? 
It's total message. No, no more. The result of this bold Christocentric proclamation made the church unstoppable. And you are going to hear, you know, how many people get converted after the first sermon of Peter. 3,000. 3,000. Somebody say, now today we need 3,000 messages to, to have a conversion. It is true. Yeah, we hear a lot of messages, a lot of messages, and nobody come to Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I'm here. I, I, I make this bold uh, statement because I have been here. But uh, people don't need to hear a new, uh, a good advice. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, unstoppable church op- operate with the authority of Jesus. One has Jesus as the Lord and the head. Second, he operates with the authority of Jesus. In verse 19, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, we will be bound on heaven. And whatever you lose on earth, we will lose in heaven. The church, to be unstoppable, has to operate in the authority of Jesus. We need the power. We need the authority. In the in Old Testament and New Testament, keys symbolize power and authority. The authority of Jesus' kingdom has been delegated to the church, mean to you and I. You see, uh, I, have, I bring my keys on purpose here. I have uh, many keys. mean, my car, my house, my classroom. If I give you my keys, what am I giving to you? Okay, if I say, okay, you have my, my, my Honda, you can drive. Now, you have your keys, you give it to me. What are you giving to me? Say, okay, Israel, you can use my car. I trust you. It's what Jesus said. I will give my keys. I trust you. You can use it. And we, we see in, in the scripture how they use the keys, how they use the power of God. Now, let me say this. Jesus, in the beginning, in this, in this chapter, he's contra- contrasting how the religious people, how the Pharisees and the scribes, they use the keys. Or oh, they don't use the keys. This whoa, to you teachers, they uh, uh, say this in Matthew 23, 13. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut down the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's face. You yourselves uh, do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to in. Interesting, huh? Now, my point is this. Today, traditions, rules, theology is an impediment to show God's power in our lives. You know, I went to seminary, and when I became a Christian, I, I was so passionate, so engaged. And I, everyone pray, and say, you want to pray? I pray, I go to every meeting. You know, the, the, the fire in, of God was in, my, was in my heart. And I decide, and the Lord called me, and I decided to go to seminary, Bible seminary. And we're there, and say, whoa, woof, we are going to study the Bible. You know what, what I learned there? Systematic theology. You know what a systematic theology, in my opinion, is a box where we put God. God, you stay there. You don't move. You don't do that. You don't you don't manifest today. Okay, it's it's it's, it's what it's made. I, I I was seeing my my life going like cold and cold and cold. I said, what happened to me? 
You know why? Because we give more authority to, to other books more than the Bible. Uh, it, to me, it was, was real. And, and finally, I make the decision. I will follow the, the scripture. I will follow what, what Jesus said. Jesus said, you have the keys. And whatever you bind on earth, you will be bound on heaven. And whatever you lose on earth, we will lose on heaven. And you see this in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the scripture. New Testament church. How they, they proclaim, they use the proclamation of the gospel. They, they, they use their authority. You know, when one day Paul, uh, Paul Peter and, and the others were walking and they see a, a, a paralyzed man there asking for help, begging, and they, uh, he was looking for money, something material. And Peter said to him, listen, I, I don't have this. I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But what I do have, I give you. What he has? Jesus. He has Jesus. They say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Church, I know, I know, I believe in this. Maybe we don't have the, the money. Maybe we don't have the resources. Maybe we don't have, I don't know, put a name. But we have Jesus. We have Jesus. For this reason, I believe. I believe that we're going to start from zero. Because if we have Jesus, we have everything. We have everything. And Jesus wants to, 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 to with his disciples. I, I found it interesting here. I know my, my time is running off. And I'm just in my second point. But I will go faster. <laughs> All right. You know, today, we are politicize the church. This is a very sensitive point. You know, when we come to Jesus, we, we, we have a, 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 an agenda. We have prejudice. Like, for example, I was a communist guy. I mean, I was a communist. I believe the cause. But uh, uh, when I came to, to, to Jesus, I, I, I tried to see Jesus as a revolutionary, you know. Yeah, Jesus is a revolutionary. I know. I, I, I all my background put it there. And what's a difficult thing to separate? And me, listen, I know uh, so many people approach Jesus with a political or social agenda. I know uh, when we talk, we don't want to talk about politics, but let me say something. In the, in the first century, they believe that the Caesar, Caesar was not in power. Jesus was in power. They believe it. And let me tell you something. No party, no institution is going to save this country. No. And let me say something more deep. Our loyalty is not a one party. Our loyalty is to Jesus Christ. You know why? I found myself, it's not happening just in the United States, it happened in Mexico. When one day I was talking with a friend and he was for a, 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 a political party. And he has a big issue with me. He said, come on, we are brothers. We are sisters. And we, we are, if in Christ, we are one. You know, when the church is politicized, the church is split and we lose power. 
But in, in this case, you see the Bible, when you read this, the gospel, they, they, they believe in Jesus. They, they follow Jesus, and we need to be careful how we politicize the message. Listen, why I'm saying this? Because in verse 20, Jesus say, hey, hey, don't talk to the others that I am the Messiah. Why? Why? You know why? Because the, he doesn't want the people believe that he was the Messiah, a political Messiah, a political leader who came to save from the uh, Roman Empire. For this reason. And we, we want to see this. And we need to be careful about this situation. Because let me say to this. this I was washed. Uh, my sins are forgiven. Not by the blood. I would say. Not by the blood of the donkey. Not by the blood of an elephant. By the blood of the lamb. I mean I love you. You are a democrat. I love you. You are a Republican, I love you. Whatever you are, I love you. Yeah? Because I know where I came from. And let, let, me, let me finish this, the last section. Unstoppable church, just have, not just have a Jesus as the foundation, has uh, the authority of Jesus. The last is unstoppable church follow Jesus unconditionally. Unconditionally. You know why Jesus is start talking here? Jesus said to his disciples in, in Matthew 16, 24, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will be funded. Jesus is an example to his followers. This is the... the, the, the uh, where are we finished with this? You know why the, the, the early church was unstoppable? Because they, don't was, they, don't, they were not afraid of nothing. You know why? Because if you want to live for Christ, you, you have to die first with Christ. Yeah, I know, I know it's a scary. Some people ask me, why are you living? You have here everything. You are here. You say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, I feel some kind of fa a fear, but I, I know who is my Lord. I know who is my Savior. I, 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 am, I, I am a dead person. I don't follow my aspiration. I followed this a long time ago. But I don't follow anymore. If you, if you want, if we want to be an unstoppable, unstoppable church, you need to, you need to be to understand, and you need to be on the cross with Jesus. You know, I read Peter say that they were not afraid of, of, of suffering. They took them to the to jail, and they, they don't care. They were happy. They were happy that they come up of the church and woohoo! They pull up there because we are preaching Jesus. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. And now, you see how the church in, in other countries are growing China, which is well, in, in, in Central Asia. The, the church is growing. Um, let me say something. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying the, the persecution make grow church. I say this, persecution refines the church. And what I find is this, persecution works in a way that take out things that there are obstacles and leave you with Jesus only. When you have Jesus only, you have everything. 
I know, I know, we live in a country, we have everything, you know? We have comfort, we have air conditioner, we have a heater, we have a car who is automatic, we have, we have everything. But let me see, if we don't have Jesus, we don't have nothing. And we need to back to this, we need to back to this, and we need to finish, are we finished with this? Are we called you this morning? Who do you believe is Jesus? Oh, you, you say, oh, uh, uh, Israel, I know Jesus is, Jesus is a great man. Wow, wow. No, no, I'm not asking about that. I mean, you recognize Jesus, uh, Redeemer, Lord, Savior? This is the question today. We are going to pray. And we are going to close. I know I, I, I don't calculate very good my time, but I, I hope you have the message for today. I will open the altar. You know why? Why I open the altar? Because if we don't confess Jesus here in a place that we are friendly, we are friends, how we can confess Jesus? If you believe, if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God, I will ask you to put on, on your on your feet. If you are struggling with this confession, or if you are struggling, but you have some kind of struggles in your life. Because of your faith, we are going to pray. And the first thing I want to do is, if this is the first time you really are confronted with this truth, and you want to confess Jesus as the Son of God, as the Savior, as the Redeemer of your soul, I will ask you to come to the altar this morning. You say, this is, I have struggled with this. I know I sympathize with Jesus. But Jesus no not want your sympathy. Jesus wants your loyalty. You are struggling in some areas. And say, well, I, I, I want it, but I am struggling. I, I, I'm a little weak. I want to pray for you. I, I know what I mean there. You close your eyes. Lord Jesus I want to worship you how how can I always confess you how can I not give my life to you Jesus when I see your love your mercy I will invite you again. Don't be afraid. I know it's a little uncomfortable.
kind of struggle with some kind of prejudice. But Jesus, the Son of God, physically is not here. But spiritually is here. Jesus. Thank you, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org. 